This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Odd, along with Wes Reynolds from Vason. And before we get started and get to NFL picks uh, this week, uh, Wes, uh, two in one week, uh, last week in college football uh, with us on the radio show. But uh, tell us about your new time slot at Vason with the new juggled up uh, fall lineup. Yeah, we're doing a, a new show called Live Bet Tonight. So. Obviously, the title's pretty self-explanatory that <clears throat> we we pretty much do a live betting focus, so not necessarily like a lot of preview or anything like that. It's certainly a little bit of that, but yeah, we're doing live betting. Obviously, we're on Monday through Friday, 9 to 12 Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific, so 8 to 11 where you are down in Louisiana Central Time, and Look, what we do Monday night, we're going to get Monday night football starting, obviously, this week. We had a little appetizer with Clemson and Georgia Tech on uh, Monday, so we certainly at least had some intrigue at the end in terms of the final closing number as Clemson got that late score. But Monday night NFL, Thursday night NFL, usually Friday nights, we're going to have a couple college games and then midweek, maybe do a little bit more concentration on baseball. But as we get out of September and October, we are going to have... uh, baseball playoffs and then before you know it we're going to get NBA started so you know very excited for it yeah Dabo on that last uh, first down he could have taken a knee the victory formation but we know he doesn't he doesn't roll like that (laughs) he He doesn't roll like that I remember that game against Miami I think it was a Saturday night primetime game and he's running tempo with the backups (laughs) yeah to try to get that extra score to uh push that over the total when the, some of us had the under in that game. but uh, Yes, and uh, so we had we had that. And uh, on one Saturday night, I was down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and uh, it, was, um, it was the Alabama, the halftime line in game was 56 and a half. And mm-hmm. that thing was sitting on 55 and coming right down uh, to the very end. So it, when the games are kind of, so to speak, out of reach, well, the end game – that's where it comes into it. That that those lines are never uh, out of reach, and maybe uh, some overreaction or the the algorithm overreaction, where a team gets out the gates slow, but right. has maybe fluke plays go against them. Um, well, you can uh, stay steady with the team that you like. So uh, there is an art to it. That there's no doubt about it. But the bit, the bottom line, you have to watch the games to end game bet. No question about that. So check out Wes Reynolds and Gang on Veasan uh, to check out that stuff. They will certainly guide you along for you new uh, in-game betters. Let's get to the first game you like this week in the NFL. You actually have two sides, a teaser, and a total. 
So let's get to the first one. And here's the trend. And here's the tricky part. Cincinnati improves their weakest unit on their team last year, their offensive line. Uh, they went out and got several offensive linemen to try and improve that unit to protect their most valuable asset, Joe Burrow. He's been hurt the first two years. One in a Washington game where out for the season with multiple ligament uh, returns. And then a Super Bowl where he sprained an MCL uh, in that game as well. The, uh, the losing uh, loser of the Super Bowl has not fared well uh, the season after, especially in the first game. Cincinnati is laying six and a half to the Mitch Trubisky-led Pittsburgh Steelers, at least for the start of the season, maybe till Kenny Pickett takes over. Wes? Yeah, I thought this line was a little high at six and a half. You mentioned that trend, uh, four and 18 against the number, nine and 13 straight up in terms of Super Bowl losers. And then another one you could look at, and keep in mind with trends too, they shouldn't be necessarily the crutch for you making your play. Just use them to give you context and whatnot. So you look, division underdogs uh, uh, since uh, 05 in week one, 61, 41, and 2, 60%. They've even been better over the last several years, I believe about 76% cover rate. So, you know, that makes a lot of sense because week one, the old cliche, we're all zero and zero. We're all starting equally. So you're usually going to get your best effort in week one. And look, I think the Bengals, I don't think that they're going to fall off the radar necessarily. I don't necessarily think that they were a one-hit wonder. I think that they're going to be here to stay as long as they have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, that great LSU duo down there in, uh, in Baton Rouge that got them that national championship. And you're right, they did improve the offensive line. However, it is going to take, I think, a little bit of, of time for that to develop chemistry. It takes a little bit of time for a unit of five up front to really mesh together. And look, the strength of the Steelers' defense, of course, is that defensive line with Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt. So this is a team that was one of the tops in the league. I think they had 50 sacks as a unit last year. So they can put pressure on the passer. And I think that they're going to make the Bengals' lives a little bit difficult here in week number one. Steelers also very strong in the secondary. So... When you look at it, and then plus you take into the fact that Mike Tomlin, 45-23-2 against the number lifetime as an underdog, that's, a, that's, a, that's not a random sample size. That's a whole career that he's had there in Pittsburgh, and that's the reason why they've never had a losing season. I don't know how I feel about the Steelers yet for the entire season. I think they have potential to exceed expectations, and I think they have the potential to be a 7-8 win team, which seemingly the market does based on what you've seen with the win total bets and what you've seen with division bets, make or miss playoffs. So I think the market is at least lukewarm, maybe not totally down on the Steelers. But yeah, I, I think if you look at last year, Steelers got six and a half in Buffalo. Everybody was high on Buffalo, and rightfully so. Now, Steelers, you know, some turnovers, a special teams touchdown. That's what sometimes it takes to uh, get a dog to cover a big spread like this. But I do like the Steelers six and a half in this spot against Cincinnati. All right, the next game we'll look at is an NFC North divisional matchup from one AFC North divisional matchup to an NFC North divisional matchup. Minnesota hosting the Green Bay Packers. Packers are one and a half here. And so not only do the Packers not draft a first-round wide receiver, they ship off his his top target from a, a few years ago to Las Vegas. Devontae Adams is now gone. Coaching change in Minnesota to go from a defensive-minded coach to an offensive-minded coach. Again, Packers one and a half at Minnesota. 
Yeah, and I went ahead and uh, and took the uh, – actually, I took two. I'd still take one and a half with the Vikings. This is a big game for the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm not one of these people that are necessarily selling the Packers long term. I just think the Vikings may have closed the gap, bringing in an offensive coach like Kevin O'Connell, Wes Phillips, going to be the offensive coordinator. Of course, these guys won a Super Bowl ring last year with the Rams and Sean McVay. So we saw it work out for the aforementioned Zach Taylor, who's now coaching the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, That McVay tree, at least in the short sample, is working out very well in the National Football League. So I think Kirk Cousins finally getting an offensive coach is really what the doctor ordered. This guy didn't have a bad season last year. Uh, You know, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. They just... You know, the defense wasn't as good enough. I think Mike Zimmer was a little bit, a little more conservative, more conventional, like old school football, instead of what the new NFL is, which is a lot of passing and, you know, going a little bit more tempo, spreading the ball around a little bit. We know that the Vikings have a lot of talent at receiver with Justin Jefferson and, uh, of course, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, and Herb Smith. Ken emerges that tight end that they drafted a few years ago. They can run the ball with a, a really good duo, Dalvin Cook and also Alexander Madison. That's one of the better, probably one, two punches of any backfield in the league. The offensive line, I think, is going to get better. You got Derrishaw now in his second year on the left side. So I think Minnesota is going to be really dynamic offensively. Now, can they get stops defensively? They had trouble getting teams off the field, I think, in third down last year. So they're going to have to be better doing that. But I think that this is good for them to get the Packers week one in Minneapolis. And look, Minnesota's held their own in the recent series against Green Bay over the years. So, yeah, I also I took that, and then I also did do a teaser. I think Minnesota is a very good teaser leg, whether it's one and a half or two. Six-point teaser, you can tease it up to seven and a half, eight. Those those Stanford Wong teasers, teasing them through the three and the seven, the key numbers, mm-hmm. even though those numbers may not be as key as they were a few years ago, simply with the extra points being moved back and teams going for two a little bit more. I still think that they matter. And I still think that, you know, more often than not, you're going to come out ahead teasing up through the three and the seven or teasing down through the three and a seven if you're teasing down a favorite. So I think Minnesota is a good teaser leg that you probably want at least in a couple of them this week. And you're looking to tease it uh, with the Cleveland-Carolina game. Carolina is two against Cleveland. Cleveland, going to tease over the three and a seven, Wes? Yeah, absolutely. And and look, this line did move. Remember, this was four and a half over the summer. And then obviously everything happened with Deshaun Watson. He's now suspended until week 13 against Houston this season, his old team. And it's going to be Jacoby Brissett starting. Then, of course, Baker Mayfield gets traded to the Carolina Panthers, ironically enough, for week one. So it's been priced in, and I think it's been moved. And, you know, it's partially been bet, Jimmy, and it's partially, I think, been moved on air because it's like, okay, Carolina, pretty good defense last year. Even though they were only 5-12, and 12, they were second in the league in terms of yards allowed per game. But the offense obviously just went in the tank. Sam Darnold didn't get it done. Cam Newton didn't get it done. Christian McCaffrey got hurt yet again. So I understand why there's the optimism in Carolina, and my optimism with them is actually cautious optimism. This is just a number here because, you know, I know Baker wants to beat his old team, and obviously there's a little bit of heat. I, I, a little bit, probably a lot of heat with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. But, 
you know, Cleveland Browns also want to beat their old quarterback, too. They're going to be motivated on the other side, and I think sometimes that gets forgotten about. So, yeah, teasing this, I think, up through seven, especially with one of the lower totals on the board. I think only the Bears and the 49ers are lower. You're seeing about 41 and a half, 42. This is, uh, I think, the second lowest week one total. So when you get a low total like that, I often think teasing an underdog, especially upwards through key numbers, has a lot of value in week number one. So, yeah, Vikings uh, up to 7.5, Cleveland up to 8. There are also some <clears throat> some other teaser legs out there, I think. Maybe look at the Rams for Thursday night football. That could go up to 8.5. That's a potential teaser leg. There are really several of them, even though they're starting to disappear this week. I was surprised with the movement that we got on Tuesday just to see uh, Miami get bet up to three and a half, knowing what Bill Belichick has done for his career in New England as an underdog. But yeah, a lot more movement than I thought that there was going to be during the week, considering these lines have been up for essentially three to four months already. No doubt everybody getting a fever <clears throat> as they get ready for uh, the opening week of the NFL. And yeah, your simple math. I mean, the lower the total, the lower the expected scoring. And so those t- those six points uh, means just that much more. Uh, San Francisco and Chicago um, in the Windy City. But this is calm. It's, it's, it, the weather not too bad at this time of the year. But San Francisco, how much are they going to trust uh, their uh, their new quarterback, Trey Lance. That'll be interesting to see with the play calling from Shanahan, where they're so complete everywhere else around. Chicago kind of building from scratch. Trey uh, and uh, Justin Fields, year two, but he does not have a whole lot to work with. They, they, they don't have a whole lot of weapons, and the offensive line is not very good as well. You're looking at the total of 41 in this one, Wes. Yeah, and, and I do like the under, and I know it's dangerous now in this modern-day NFL to take unders, but a couple reasons here, and one of them you mentioned about Trey Lance, how much are they going to trust him, at least in week number one. Keep in mind, this is only his third career start, so yeah, I, I think you might see a lot of running game. You might see a lot of short passing. We know that Trey Lance can throw the deep ball, but look, still, I think that this Bears defense, even though they jettisoned a lot on that side, I still think that this is at least a a average defense or at least kind of right around the middle where they're not going to get too much taken advantage of uh, on that side. What obviously you worry about on that Bears side is Justin Fields behind arguably the worst offensive line in the NFL. I think uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, I believe, rated him 32 out of 32 teams, and I can't necessarily disagree with that. And then when you look at that other side, San Francisco, under what was then first-year defensive uh, coordinator D'Amico Ryans, former Alabama Crimson Tide member, really good, really good defense. And Green Bay absolutely saw it in the playoffs. 49ers absolutely shut down. Aaron Rodgers and company up in Lambeau. So I think that this is a really good defense. I think Fields is going to have difficulty, really not just this game, but all year. The Bears were actually a team I did bet to have the worst record at 12-1. to I think it's gone down. That's been kind of a popular play. It's gone down to around 9-1. to There might be some 10s out there, but I think the Bears are really going to struggle. I didn't necessarily want to lay the points here because Kyle Shanahan hasn't been the most reliable, I think, as a favorite, but... Bears 2-10 and ten as six-point or more dogs since 2009. New head coach and Matt Eberflus, new defensive scheme. Now, what the Bears are going to do, they're going to run, if they ran what Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams ran in Indianapolis, you're going to see them run a little bit of 
cover two-ish. It's not a pure Tampa two like they ran with uh, Tony Dungy and Monty Kiffin in the late 90s, early 2000s. But a lot of it is underneath stuff, not bringing a lot of blitzes, trying to get pressure home with basically your front four. So, yeah, I anticipate that this is going to be a low-scoring game. I know a danger total. I think it might have got hit a little bit this morning, but... I think 49ers may be like, okay, let's just get a win on the road here. I don't think that they're just going to be, you know, throwing deep balls and bombs down the field. I think they're going to try to get everybody involved. A lot of their guys in that intermediate passing game, like Debo, like Juwan Jennings and company, where it's like, okay, get them a short 8-10 to yard route and then see what they can get with the yak, the yards after catch. So I anticipate very low scoring here in Chicago for week one. All right, so Wes Reynolds in week one. The Steelers plus six and a half. The Vikings plus one and a half at home against the Green Bay Packers. Six-point teaser, teasing over those hot numbers of three and seven. Minnesota plus seven and a half, and Cleveland plus eight. And then at Bet Rivers, the total 41, San Francisco and Chicago at Soldier Field. Wes Reynolds. Good luck, my man. We appreciate it. As always, for Wes Reynolds, I'm Jimmy Ott, Sports Better's Paradise. We do it every week. Get his top NFL picks here on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.